Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, August 17th, and the time is 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you are tuned into the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this brief period of time in comparison to eternity, which I normally say. And this time together, this podcast is dedicated, consecrated, committed to the ministry of prayer, supplication, intercession. On behalf of those of us who are parents or guardians of unsaved, wayward and backslidden sons and daughters. Again, my name is Alan Weir, Brother Alan Weir, and I'm your host for this podcast. It is a live podcast. Every week at the same time, we come on the air and we invite your participation in this podcast. This is a time of ironing, sharpening iron, mutual encouragement, mutual edification, and praying for one another with regards to the burdens that we feel for our unsaved sons and daughters. You know, we as parents are born again and saved and our names are written in the book of life but many of us have sons and daughters who perhaps were involved in the church at one time and are no longer involved in the church maybe our sons and daughters were lured away from coming to church and the things of god maybe peer pressure friends have lured them away maybe other pursuits, the pursuit of vocation, money, pleasure, whatever it may be. Many people put the things of eternity on the back burner, believing, actually believing that there is all the time in the world. But the word of God says that now is the day of salvation. Many of us have sons and daughters who have never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They may be aware that we as parents go to church and we're saved. They may say things like, pray for me, or they may have respect or reverence for our beliefs, but they themselves have never taken the step and surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Again, believing that there is all the time in the world. Unfortunately, there are two caveats, two obstacles, two factors involved with regards to eternity. One, the Word of God says it is appointed once unto men to die, and after this, the judgment. Death can come at any time. You don't have to be elderly or sickly or in poor health to go into a Christless eternity. We see in the news all the time, young people in the prime of life, in good health. We read about how they suddenly collapsed for no reason at all. Their hearts failing them. And then they pass into a Christless eternity or maybe through an accident or something else that occurs. Maybe the victim of a crime, God forbid. It does happen. It is appointed once for men to die, and after this, the judgment. Again, the word of God says. And the second factor is that blessed hope that we as Christians hold to. The event is known as the rapture. Many people have seen movies and heard that word about the rapture. What is the rapture? In summary, the rapture is an event where all of us who have put our complete trust and faith in Jesus Christ, surrendering our lives to him, living and deceased, will suddenly be caught up from the earth to be joined with Christ in the air. There is a moment that is coming when Christ will come back and will snatch away first the word of god says that the dead in christ those who have surrendered their lives to christ and are in their graves will rise first 
And then those who are alive, those of us who are alive, will be snatched up into the air. Paul describes the rapture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, when he says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The rapture, for those of us who have surrendered our lives to Christ, is referred to as a blessed hope that we look forward to. However, this event is a knife that cuts both ways, because while it is a blessed hope for us, we think about our unsaved loved ones, our sons and daughters, maybe other family members who have never surrendered their lives to Christ. And when the rapture takes place and we are all removed, those who have never trusted in Christ, the unsaved, are going to remain here on earth, where there will be a period of time known as the Great Tribulation, a period of time when God's judgments will be poured out on a rebellious and unrepentant world. It's going to be a horrible time. So while it is a blessed hope for us at the same time, we do not want our unsaved sons and daughters to be left behind to face this terrible period of time. And so we pray, we fast for the deliverance and salvation of our unsaved sons and daughters, that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and that their names will be written in the book of life. We invite your participation in this podcast to share your insights regarding these matters. If you're on the Podbean app, there is a phone icon on the app where you can click on it. We would love to hear if you have a testimony you want to share and the Lord is moving in your life. Great things are happening by the power of the Spirit of God. If there's a testimony you want to share, a scripture you'd like to share, an insight you'd like to share, and maybe perhaps you have a prayer request for your unsaved son or daughter, and you'd like us to bring it before the Lord, before the throne of grace, when the time of prayer comes during our podcast, we will honor it, touching and agreeing with you, and praying for your unsaved son and daughter that they may accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, that, that whatever is binding them, whatever is holding them in bondage, no matter what it is, it could be an addiction, a vice, a stronghold, that they would be delivered from it. Whatever is keeping them from surrendering their life to Christ, it could be bitterness, anger. You know, many unsaved people see the hypocrisy in the church they say to themselves, why should I accept Christ? They're hypocrites in the church. This thing called Christianity can't be real. And the enemy uses the hypocrisy of many people to disillusion the unsaved. That is a lie from the enemy. The word of God says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Satan will do anything to keep your unsaved son or daughter from surrendering their life to Christ, lying to them, deceiving them, having them look at people instead of the Savior. We thank you for tuning in. We praise God if you're listening to this podcast live. And right now we want to open up with a word of prayer before we welcome listeners from different parts of the country and the world. Join me right now for an opening word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you. We thank you for this time together when we can 
encourage each other, edify one another, strengthen each other, pray for one another regarding our burdens for our unsaved sons and daughters. And I pray that whatever is shared here by myself or anybody else is edifying, comforting, strengthening to the listener, Lord God, myself included. I need strengthening and encouragement as well. Let your Holy Spirit permeate this podcast, taking control of my words, my tongue, my mouth, my speech, and whatever anybody else shares here, Lord God. Let the anointing of your Spirit take control of this program. Perform miracles during this podcast, my God. Release those that are in bondage. Deliver those that are in chains. Touch those that need your touch, Lord God. Encourage and strengthen. We commit this time into your hands, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, we want to welcome listeners from all over the country, a variety of localities, a variety of states. We welcome listeners in right here in New York State, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, and Georgia. We welcome listeners in Alabama, Maryland, and Tennessee, Texas, and Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia, New Jersey, and Montana. We have listeners in Illinois, Minnesota, and Louisiana, New Hampshire, Oregon, Washington State, Rhode Island, Indiana, South Carolina, and Arizona. We have listeners in Michigan, Iowa, and New Mexico. We also have international listeners. We have listeners in Mexico, Canada. We welcome listeners in Australia and France, Uganda and Brazil, the United Kingdom, Bosnia, Herzegovina and the Philippines. And most recently, praise God, we welcome listeners in India. I received a message recently from a sister in India who has submitted a prayer request on behalf of a family member. And we will be bringing it before the throne of grace this evening. We touch and agree with you, sister. Many people will be listening to this podcast live. We are on the air live at 7 p.m. every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. However, there are multiple time differences, both in the U.S. and internationally, so many people will be downloading this podcast at a later time. Maybe tomorrow they'll be downloading the recorded podcast and listening to it. The Holy Spirit can move powerfully in a downloaded podcast just as easily as he can in a live podcast. There are no constraints and no restraints for the Spirit of God. And we praise God for that. And so at this time, we're going to go into our devotional, a period of time when we share scripture and insight. At the halfway mark of our program, we will be blessed by two musical tunes. And then after that, we will come before the throne of grace and bring prayer requests before the Lord. There is still time to get your prayer request in. You can call it in or you can key it in and we will see it on our board. You wish your prayer request to remain anonymous. If you don't want to divulge details, for whatever reason, we will respect your confidentiality and privacy. The Lord knows the details. All we need to do is come before him, touching and agreeing with you. We will pray for your unsaved, backslidden, and wayward son or daughter, that the Lord would touch them and they would accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Well, the title of our devotional tonight is Our Warrior Mentality and Our Prodigals. Our Warrior Mentality and Our Prodigals. And our scripture text is found in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. The book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. And I'll give you a moment to find this scripture text in your Bibles. You know, a bad temper, lustful thoughts. Anxiety, depression, sleeplessness at night, irritability, profanity in speech, pride, many other vices, 
All of us as believers may struggle with any one of these or several of these situations and others, either occasionally or chronically. Now, perhaps some of these situations, such as depression or maybe the inability to sleep at night, might be caused by other normal or natural factors like diet or poor health habits or a medical issue. And we have to be both practical and use wisdom with regards to some of these matters. However, there is also no doubt in my mind that spiritual and demonic forces could be playing a part in these situations as well. God's word says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief, namely Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Our enemy wants nothing more than to see us fail and fall emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and yes, physically as well. Satan is the enemy of our souls, and he wants us stolen from. He wants us killed, ruined, and dead in every way, shape, and form. The last thing Satan wants is for you and I to be successful in our relationship and walk with our Lord. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the Christian life is described as a race in which we need to set aside any hindrances that could either slow us down, trip us up, or have us give up our endeavor. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Christian life is also described as a contest of warfare, where we need to take up armaments of battle in order to engage and defeat our enemy. For this reason, you and I as believers need to have a warrior mentality in order to engage and have victory in this fight to the death, which is spiritual in nature. And because it is spiritual in nature, we need to recognize and acknowledge that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers in high places, and that the weapons of our warfare in this battle are also spiritual, but are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. And the one warrior that we are focused on this evening is Joshua, who took up the mantle of leadership after the death of Moses. God appointed and anointed Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. But this endeavor would not be without confronting enemies and engaging in battles and conflict. And there's no doubt that the enemy, Satan, would have loved to make Joshua stumble and fall in fear, compromise, and error. Yes, once Joshua had crossed over, God had given him guidance in several battle plans. But even prior to crossing over into enemy territory, God instructed Joshua about what was necessary if he was going to have victory in these battles. And these instructions took the form of not physical or military battle tactics, but spiritual ones. All that is being said right now is relative to our ministering to our prodigal sons and daughters, because if we are to win them to Christ, our lives must be living epistles that can be seen and read of all men, and our lives need to be lives of victory and overcoming. Now let's read our scripture text together. Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 through 9, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version of God's Holy Word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now let's focus on three key commands that God gave to Joshua. One, the reciting of God's word. Two, the meditation in God's word. And three, the obedience to God's word. Now, according to the text, these three commands are bracketed by the commands to be strong and courageous. But there can be no godly courage and strength to face the challenges and spiritual attacks that would come without the incorporation of God's word in Joshua's life and the life of the nation of Israel. 
let's start with first the reciting of God's word, the reciting of God's word. God commanded Joshua that he was to not let his word depart from his mouth. This command meant that God wanted Joshua to constantly speak and proclaim it, both to himself as well as to the people, and to speak it as a source of encouragement and reminder to obedience. You know, the ancient practice of speaking and reading aloud to oneself as an aid to memorization and reminder is in view here. The ancient Hebrews made it a habit of reading God's word out loud. There's just something about speaking God's word outwardly that helps reinforce it within your memory and within your heart. Psalm chapter 40 verse 10 says, I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and salvation. When we proclaim and speak God's word outwardly to others, we're speaking of God's faithfulness and of his salvation. People need to hear it. Yes, we're to meditate on it, which we'll get to next, but people cannot hear our meditations. They need to hear the word of God that is within our hearts and minds. When Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, he spoke the word against Satan out loud, proclaiming that one, man didn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. Two, that God should not be tempted. And three, that we are to worship and serve no one or nothing else but God alone. Our minds and speech should be dominated by God's word. Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 says that our speech should be gracious, seasoned with salt. We know salt has healing properties and as well as preservative properties. And while there are maybe several Hebrew words for this, we focus on that one and we praise God for it as well. God was telling Joshua that his word should be proclaimed as a matter of one, encouragement, and two, a reminder to obedience. Again, there's something about outwardly proclaiming God's word, claiming the promises, and wielding the sword of the Spirit that provides an extra unction over the flesh that can subdue it. Two, the meditation in God's word. The meditation in God's word. God commanded Joshua that his word should not be foremost just in his speech and proclamation, but foremost in his thoughts. Psalm 1 reminds us that the person who takes delight in God's word and meditates in it day and night is blessed. Now, there are several Hebrew words for the word blessed, but the word used here in Psalm 1 is the word ashar, ashar which just doesn't mean to be joyful and happy, but the word in Hebrew, ashar, for blessed, means to be on the right path, to be traveling straight and not deviating from the right path. Notice in our text in Joshua, God also tells him to not veer to the right or the left. And the way to do this is to stay in the word of God. Make it your focus in all you say and think. We as believers want what Psalm 19 verse 14 says, that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable in God's sight. And third is the obedience to God's word. The obedience to God's word. Yes, we can proclaim God's word, and we can even ponder it. But the ultimate test of our commitment would be our obedience to God's word. God apparently wanted Joshua to lead by example with regards to his commitment to God's laws and his obedience to it. You and I as parents of unsaved sons and daughters need to lead them to Christ by being examples in the same way. Luke chapter 11 verse 28 says that blessed are those who not only hear the word of God, but also obey it. Our prodigals need to see that our lives are directed, guided, and controlled by the Spirit of God in accordance to the Word of God. The children of Israel saw that Joshua was devoted to obeying the Lord, and they in turn said that they would follow him just as they had followed Moses. This is the kind of example that Joshua set, a spiritual warrior example, which translated over into a warrior in leadership. 
And what would be the result of Joshua's proclaiming God's word, meditating on God's word, and obedience to God's word? God promised that his way would be prosperous and that he would have good success. Now, no, this was not some kind of prosperity preaching promise. This was the same blessedness, the same promise that is mentioned in Psalm 1, at the man who makes the proclamation, meditation, and obedience to God's word, his focus would have a life that is fruitful, productive, and useful unto the Lord, and that God's favor and blessing would be on his life. Brothers and sisters in Christ, our role with regards to winning our prodigals to Christ is to be salt and light before them, to be spiritual warriors that lead exemplary lives before them, and that they see that we're living uncompromising holy lives undiluted by anything in the world. The same way Joshua was God's warrior in his walk with them and in leading the nation of Israel, we need to be spiritual warriors, unafraid, courageous, fearless and uncompromising. The Spirit of God will do the rest in the hearts and minds of our unsaved sons and daughters. I pray that this devotional was a blessing to you. And I think many times about Joshua when he was entering the land of the Canaanites. And there were occasions when I'm sure when he was faced in battle by overwhelming odds. You know, at one point, In the book of Joshua, there were several kingdoms and kings up against Joshua and the Israelites. But as long as they they put the Lord first, consulting in the Lord and putting God first, seeking his guidance and trusting in him for victory, they were able to overcome unsurmountable odds, numerous kings against one nation. But the Lord of hosts was on their side and they were completely victorious. We can do the same thing. Many times our prodigals can be hostile, resistant, vindictive towards our attempts to witness to them. And it seems like winning them to Christ is kind of like the odds that the children of Israel face in the promised land. It seems like our prodigals are not going to come to the Lord. Maybe their vices are too wicked. Maybe they seem like they're too deeply entrenched in whatever it is they're involved in. And it can seem like we're facing unsurmountable odds, overcoming, overwhelming odds in our battle, our spiritual battle to win them to Christ. But as long as we have the Lord before us, trusting in Him, trusting in Him for complete victory, then our prayers will be answered for our prodigals. Nobody is too far gone that the Lord cannot save. No stronghold is too strong that he cannot pull down. No heart is too hardened that he cannot soften. No mind is too closed that he cannot open. And yes, I've said it before, you know, many of the apostles came to Christ quickly. The word of God says that the fishermen left their nets immediately and followed Jesus. Matthew was called from his tax collector's booth The Word of God says he got up and followed Christ. Were it that easy that our prodigals would just hear the Word and follow? And it has happened and it can happen. But many times the salvation of our prodigals comes by way of the example of Paul. Resistant, hostile. God has to give our prodigal sons and daughters a Damascus Road experience. And we need to remember that the Lord is in complete control. He can do all things. We just need to have complete and total trust in him. Join me in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you and praise you for this devotional, Lord God. And I pray that you give all of us a warrior mentality like Joshua, that the word of the law will not depart from our mouths, but we will meditate therein day and night and be careful to observe and obey it, Lord God reciting your word, proclaiming it before our prodigals, meditating on your word, thinking on it, and most of all, obeying it, Heavenly Father. We praise you. We thank you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to break into a musical interlude right now, and I pray that the 
musical number we play for you blesses your heart. And when it is over, we shall return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Stay tuned. Don't go away. We look forward to you joining us for the second half of our program. stories of what they think you're like but i've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleasing that i'm never alone you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are, I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, when I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers only. It's who I am. 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 It's who I
Praise God for that musical interlude. My wife and I are members of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church in Middletown, New York, and the two musical numbers you just heard were from the worship team of our church, godly men and women proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, singing unto the Lord, majesty and good father to edifying musical numbers that I pray strengthening, encouraged you in the Lord. You know, the word of God says that in the last days, people will be walking after their own lusts. Second Peter chapter three, verse three. First Timothy chapter four, verse one talks about how people will be following deceptive doctrines of devils. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, talks about how knowledge in the last days will increase. However, despite this knowledge, the book of Romans says, as far as the unsaved is concerned and their accumulation of knowledge, professing themselves to be wise, they will be fools. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 21, talks about the nation of Israel being reborn in fulfillment of prophecy. This took place on May 14th. 1948, after 2,000 years. Luke chapter 21, verse 25, talks about the waves and the seas roaring, killer tsunamis and killer hurricanes and typhoons as we've never seen them before. Mark chapter 13, verse 7, talks about wars and rumors of wars. Matthew chapter 24, verse 7, describes famines and diseases, COVID, other diseases which are running rampant and killing and infecting many. John chapter 17, verse 14, talks about the hatred that will exist against believers, persecution of Christians. There are many countries in this world where this podcast would not be possible. And if it was being done, there was the risk of the door being kicked down and me being arrested and imprisoned, maybe even being executed. But even in this very country, with moral laxity, even preaching the gospel at times is labeled as hate speech. These are indeed the last days, and we need to be mindful that we need to continue to pray and fast for our prodigal sons and daughters. I've often said that I don't believe we are in the last days. I believe we are in the last moments, the last seconds. The next event on the prophetic biblical calendar is the rapture. It could happen tonight. We need to live with a sense of urgency, living lives worthy of our calling, being salt and light to our prodigal sons and daughters, not being afraid, witnessing to them. You know, if you knew that your son or daughter was either maybe going to get hit by a car if they crossed the street, or if you knew something was going to happen to them, like a hurricane or a tornado was going to hit where they were living, you would warn them. You would cast aside any fear, any doubt, You would cast aside any apprehension that you're labeled a alarmist. You would want their lives to be saved. You would call them. 
maybe even go to them and tell them, get out of this house, there's a hurricane coming, or don't cross that street. You may even push them out of the way of an oncoming car. If you knew it was going to happen, you would do everything possible to save their lives. Well, the same thing is occurring spiritually. Their spiritual lives are in jeopardy. This is a fight to the death, and the stakes are their souls. The enemy wants your son and daughter. If they're backslidden or unsaved, he wants to see them in a Christless eternity. We need to boldly proclaim the gospel. Again, being salt and light, cities on a hill. And like the devotional mentioned, letting the word of God dwelling richly within us, not allowing the word of God to depart out of our mouths, but proclaiming it, meditating on God's word. And most of all, obeying it and letting our prodigal see that we are salt and light. Letting them see that we are warriors for Christ, unafraid, unashamed, uncompromising, unwavering in our trust in the Lord. Well, we've come to that point in time when we're going to go before the throne of grace and bring before the Lord our prayer requests. And I'm going to start right now with a request that I received last week. A mother wants prayer for her three children. Her three children are the names of Stephanie, Marilyn, and Stephen. Now, that's all the information we have. And I said earlier that we would respect privacy and confidentiality. But the Lord, as I've said before, knows all the details of every request. So join me, touch and agree with me for this mother and her three children, Stephanie, Marilyn, and Stephen. Heavenly Father, we just touch and agree right now for this mother and her three children. And Lord, first and foremost, we thank you for praying mothers who have a burden for their children, for their deliverance and salvation. And we lift up this mother that we pray that you strengthen her with all might, continuing to encourage her, Lord God, and giving her the perseverance to contend in the faith, Lord God. We lift up Stephanie, Marilyn, and Stephen, Lord God. You know all the details. We know nothing about them, what they're facing, what challenges are confronting them. We don't know how old they are, where they live, and what they're going through, what the situation is. But you know the details, Lord. You know all things. And we commit Stephanie, Marilyn, and Stephen into your hands to perform the miracle that this mother is praying for. Touch them. Speak to them. Minister to them. Release them from bondage if it's necessary, Lord God. Save their souls, but do what needs to be done in accordance to the need that needs to be met. That this mother is praying for. We commit Stephanie, Marilyn, and Stephen into your hands. And we just praise you and thank you. We know the answer is even on its way, Lord God. It's already here. You're moving, Lord God. Even when we can't see it, you're moving. You never stop working, Lord God. You never stop working. And you're working now. And we thank you for the answer to this prayer for Stephanie, Marilyn, and Stephen. In Jesus' name. Amen. We received a prayer request, I believe it was yesterday, from a dear sister in India. I'm going to read this prayer request out loud, and we can touch and agree. I'm from India. My cousin shared this podcast. Please pray for my son, Roshan, who is studying. Currently, he is with us. We brought him here. He accepted Christ and he was serving the Lord. Now he doesn't believe in God. Part of him wants to believe, and part of him does not want to believe because of the philosophies that he learned. He was into a lot of addictions and all the things that God displeases. Also, he was addicted to Twitter, Instagram, and other worldly podcasts that profess against the truth. I firmly believe that God is going to use him for his glory. Please pray that the spirit of deception and blindness and spirit of addiction to be removed from him. Pray for us to continue to hold on to Jesus. We're going to touch and agree right now. No comment is necessary. Let's go before the throne of grace and engage in spiritual warfare for this family and against the demonic forces 
that they're up against. Father, we just praise you and thank you for this family member, for this mom, Lord God, and these family members who are believers, and you see their burden for Rashan. You see that they're burdened for his deliverance and salvation. Lord, the rapture is imminent. It could happen tonight. And Lord, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you strengthen these family members, these parents. Give them perseverance. Help them not to get discouraged at what they're facing with regards to Rashan. Holy Spirit, pour out on them, Lord God. Give them strength, encouragement, perseverance. Stekos in Greek, stand firm in the faith, not yielding any ground, not yielding any ground to discouragement, not allowing the enemy to make us give up and lose faith and lose trust. It's in your hands, Lord God. We want to lift up right now, Rashan, to you, Heavenly Father. You see exactly where he is right now. This is a fight to the death. No prisoners will be taken. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We lift up Rashan right now before you, Lord God. We pray for him. Father, break the bondage. Break the bonds of addiction. No matter what the addiction is to false religions, the occult, social media, whatever is binding this young man, Lord God, distracting him from the truth. The enemy will use anything and everything to distract Rashan from coming to the faith, from recommitting to you, Lord God. And we pray that the spirit of deception and blindness and the spirit of addiction be broken. We pull down these strongholds in the name of Jesus. We lift him up in prayer, Lord God. Send forth your angels, your ministering spirits to Rashan, Lord God. Speak to his heart. Speak to his mind. Lord, the enemy's trying to convince him. You don't exist. You don't care. It's not worth it. Christianity is not real. It's a waste of time. Other philosophies and beliefs hold more water. These are lies from Satan, from the evil one. The enemy wants to see Rashan in a Christless eternity. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Christ over Rashan, over his soul, over his mind. Deliver Rashan, Lord God. It may be instantaneous. It may be a process. But Lord, you are working. We commit him into your hands. We place him at your feet, Lord God. Move in Rashan's life. We cast away these false beliefs, these philosophies, whatever they may be. We just ask you to bring Rashan to the point where he recommits his life to you. Open up his mind. Open up his heart to the truth, Lord God. Holy Spirit, move in his life. Give Rashan no rest. Until he returns to you, Lord God, give him a Damascus Road experience if necessary. We commit Rashan into your hands, and we will continue to pray, Lord God, with perseverance. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you for the answer that we know is already starting to work. Deliverance is in the works. Salvation is in the works. Recommitment is in the works. The casting down of strongholds is already taking place in Rashan's life. We thank you and we praise you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Every week we lift up in prayer two young men by the name of Joshua. And if you've been tuning into this podcast regularly, you know the story. One Joshua well, both these Joshuas were facing issues of addiction. One Joshua committed his life to Christ, but the enemy is trying to lure him back into old habits and old ways. The second Joshua is facing the stronghold of addiction. It's not known if he has committed his life to Christ, but the Spirit of God has been moving and touching him and nudging him. Right now there is a tug of war between the forces of the Lord and demonic forces, the battle for Joshua's soul. Let's touch and agree for both these Joshuas right now. Father, we thank you for our brother Joshua, who was in bondage to addiction and surrendered his life to you. Now, Lord, you see that the evil one is trying to lure him back. There is no way this kind of commitment is going to go unaddressed and unchallenged. And Lord, we just praise you and thank you for his salvation. 
Lord, don't let him go. Don't let the thief steal him from the fold for the purpose of killing and destroying him. Hang on to Joshua, Lord God. Holy Spirit, speak to him throughout the watches of the night. Give Joshua a hunger for your word. Make him a prayer warrior. Strengthen his commitment to you, Lord God. Don't let him backslide, Lord God. Reinforce his commitment to you, Heavenly Father. Give Joshua a strong sense of your presence, that you're moving in his life, Lord God. Strengthen him against the temptation, any temptations to go backwards into addiction or other old vices, Lord God. Let him see the emptiness of that way of life, Lord God. The flesh counts for nothing. The spirit gives life. Let Joshua be aware of this, Lord God. We pray for the other Joshua, Father. We pray that you break down the stronghold of addiction, Lord God. You see exactly where Joshua is right now, Father. We don't know where he is or who he's hanging out with, but we pray for him right now. Lord, give Joshua Damascus Road experience too, if necessary. Break the stubborn self-will. Bring down, pull down the stronghold of drug addiction and alcoholism. Pull down the stronghold of being cynical or being hostile to the gospel. Pull down the stronghold of peer pressure. If there are friends who's telling him, let's get high, let's drink. We cast these evil forces away from Joshua. We plead your blood over him. Deliver and save, Lord God. We commit him into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a dear sister listening this evening, and this dear sister, I'll respect her privacy and confidentiality, has a son by the name of Johnny. Johnny's her adult son, and Johnny is in bondage to addiction to alcoholism. Now, this dear sister does relate to us that there have been some changes. There have been some developments. The Spirit of God is moving. We're going to get specific. We're going to pray that not only does Johnny get delivered and saved, but that we're going to pray that Johnny come to church, that the Spirit of God weighed upon his heart to come to a service. All things are possible if you can believe. Let's step out on a limb, for lack of a better term. Let's step out in faith, rather, and claim Johnny for the kingdom of God. Touch and agree with me right now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much again for a praying mom, a consecrated mom, who is praying constantly for her son. And continue to help her to continue to pray, Father. We pray for her son, Johnny. Again, Lord, you know exactly where he is and what he's doing and who he's with. Lord, give him a distaste for alcohol. When he takes the bottle into his mouth, let him just be repulsed by the taste of alcohol. It is possible. You can do it, Lord God, and we trust you to do it. Give him a distaste for alcohol. Touch his heart. Touch his heart, Lord God. We don't know if he knows the gospel. He might. But I pray that you put it upon Johnny's heart to come to church, Lord God, to accompany his mother to a service at church. Lord, speak to him. Speak to his heart. Let the gospel of Jesus Christ get to him, Lord. Convict him of his waywardness and his sins. Let him see his need for you, Heavenly Father. We pray for his deliverance and salvation. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We come before the throne of grace again on behalf of my dear brother, Jamie, and his wife, India, their daughter, China. And we pray for China every week. China is a lovely young lady who is serving our country in the armed forces, and she was in bondage to a certain way of life. And prayers and supplications and petitions and intercessions went up before the Lord for a while on her behalf. And it seemed for a while there that's not going to happen. The chains are too strong. The bonds are too tight. But all things are possible if you can believe. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. And China surrendered her life to Jesus Christ several months ago. And now the Lord is using her in a mighty way. And so we're going to continue to pray for China. For her salvation, 
well, we she's already saved. But we're going to pray that for her salvation, that she continues in the faith. The enemy will always try to lure someone back into old patterns and old ways of living. We need to just bring China before the Lord. Touch and agree with me right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you once again, Lord, for praying parents who are praying for their children, Lord God. And we touch and agree right now. We thank you and praise you for China's salvation. She was a young lady who was in bondage and you broke those chains, Lord God. You performed a miracle, a mighty work. Nothing is impossible to you, Heavenly Father. You touched her heart, touched her mind. You broke the resistant spirit. Holy Spirit, you spoke to China. And now she is your child. Her name is written in the book of life. And we praise you, Heavenly Father, for that. But now we pray for China's perseverance in the faith. We pray that you make her a warrior like Joshua in the Old Testament. Let the book of the law not depart out of her mouth, but help China to meditate in it day and night so that she observes everything that's in it and is obedient. And as a result of proclaiming your word, reading your word, meditating on your word, and being obedient to your word, Lord God, she'll be fruitful and have great success. You will use her as you're using her now. Strengthen China's perseverance, Lord God. Hold on to her tight. You are the good shepherd, Lord Jesus. And the thief is trying to enter the fold and try to steal the sheep for the purpose of devouring them. Good shepherd, defeat the thief, the wolf, the predator who's trying to steal your sheep and destroy and kill them. We commit China into your hands for her divine protection, a battalion of angels around China, protecting her, strengthen her, Lord God. Give her a hunger for your word. Make her a prayer warrior. Help her to live a life worthy of the calling. We thank you that her name is written in the book of life, Lord God. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify you for China's salvation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we've come to the end of our time together on the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And I pray that this time was a blessing to you that everything that was said ministered to you. And we want to let you know that we pray for these petitions throughout the week, even if there are people who have just entered the podcast just now. If you'd like us to lift up your prodigal son and daughter in prayer, key in your prayer request, I can still see it if you wish to key it in. Or you can go into the Parents of Prodigals website, and submit your prayer requests there, and we will lift it up before the throne of grace. Lift up your prodigal son and daughter for their deliverance and salvation so that their name will be written in the book of life, and they will spend eternity with our Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you, Lord God. We will be back on the air next Thursday, August 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But until that time, brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're the parent of an unsaved and prodigal son or daughter and you lived in California, if you live in Colorado, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, or Idaho, if you're the parent of an unsaved son or daughter, a wayward son or daughter, a backslidden son or daughter, and you live in Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, Tennessee, or Maryland, or Montana, if you're the parent of an unsaved son or daughter, teenager or an adult, and you live in New Hampshire, Oregon, Washington, Rhode Island, Indiana, Minnesota, Louisiana, if you're the parent of an unsaved son or daughter and you're burdened for their salvation and it burdens you to see them, the enemy is trying to destroy their lives and you live in Michigan, Iowa, or New Mexico, if you're the parent of an unsaved son or daughter, and you live in Mexico, Canada, Australia, France or Uganda, 
Brazil. If you're the parent or a son or daughter, and they're still in bondage, they're not saved, and you want their name written in the book of life so that they will spend eternity with our Lord, and you live in the United Kingdom, Bosnia, Herzegovina, the Philippines. If you are the parent of an unsaved son or daughter, and you want to see them delivered, saved, washed in the blood of the Lamb, filled with the Holy Spirit, fully surrendered to Christ, having the peace that passes all understanding, and you live in India, no matter where you live, no matter where you are, if you are the parent of a prodigal son or daughter, continue in prayer, being watchful therein. And watch the road. Watch the road. Your prodigal son and daughter will be on it. God bless you, and good night.